What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. to the future but embrace our past we study we analyze we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday we exercise trial and error religiously through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
here from Grundahl. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Thank you for taking my call. I want to talk about dirt bikes, dirt bikes for president. Uh, I want to talk about um, uh, running and bourbon. Sound good? Yeah, and you're going to do the whole thing in your podcast voice. All right, cool. (laughs) Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and X-Brand Goggles. No, it's not anymore. Welcome to the... (laughs) Wow. Welcome. That's amazing. I'm gonna, uh, uh, I, sh- I should throw that in there. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by <laughs> FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than James Hansen from Rockstar. James, thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, I was still laughing at your, your I, I don't know, your verbal, what are those called, bloopers? Yeah, your bloopers leading into this, which you're probably you're probably going to uh, cut out, but I just want everyone to know. For sure, That's no, I, I uh, for for those who didn't hear the flub up that I made during the uh, my my show intro, uh, the first time I tried to run it down, I mentioned a sponsor that does no no longer sponsors the show, and uh, uh, just out of uh, old habit, I guess. But uh, anyway, James, I think they were sponsoring the show last time we do we, we were talking, so I guess it's been too long since we last talked uh, on the podcast. Anyway, uh, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I just got to pet some dogs, and um, and, and that's cool. There's a uh, there's a local place by myself that allows do- dogs inside, and uh, I go in there to pet them every now and again, and and that makes me happy. For sure, petting dogs and uh, a flight of beer, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, there was that too. Yeah, there was a flight of beer. Um, it was a quick pit stop. Yep. Uh, on my way home, and um, and yeah. There's always about six to twelve dogs in there, and and they're all running around playing, and it's it's pretty hilarious. That does sound like uh, some that, that, from that, screw Disney World. That might be the, the the happiest place on earth. Yeah, I would rather go there. Honestly, I'd rather go there than Disney World. Fair enough. So, James, uh, we are three rounds into the Supercross series so far. Uh, your your one of your guys, uh, Jason Anderson, is high atop the the point standings, um, and, and I think you're pretty close with with, with Jason. Um, what what has been the mood over at the the, the Rockstar truck? What what kind of how, how what's the stoke level uh, as far as he uh, enjoying the season so far and uh, firmly planted in the uh, in the number one spot. Uh it's pretty level, honestly. Um, the, the atmosphere is always very similar over there at at that team. Um, there's, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um, most of the time, every single person is talking crap to every single person. Yes. Hilarious. It's very, uh, lighthearted. 
Um, Jason is always the same. He's a he's a twelve year old. That he is, yeah. And the more the more twelve years old he is, the more comfortable I feel about the day. Okay. Um, like he's when he's a seri- when he's a serious twelve year old, he's more. Um, he, then things might go badly, but if he's just like straight up twelve years old through thick and thin, uh, things are going to go the way they should. Yeah, if he's acting like a teenager, I'm a little concerned, honestly. Um, yeah. But usually that's just because he's messing with me, and, he, and he's actually uh, he's still twelve. He's just acting like a teenager, but. Um, through his whole career, he's been pretty level. I mean, there was obviously the, the early days, but um, he, he's just thought he always is having a good time. And um, the more things happen and the more crap he's talking, the better the day and in in, in he is, you know? So, um, But right now, there's not any more talk going on than normal because <laughs> we, we're all pretty consistent, right. especially Kenny and I. We, we definitely keep, the, uh, we keep it flowing. You and uh, we, we actually call it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we call it Rogering. We're bullies. All we are is bullies. We call it Rogering, but okay. We bully everybody, and it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, some good-natured ribbing always uh, a part of sport. Uh, probably more uh, stick and ball sports than motocross. Uh, people seem to get their their feelings hurt a little bit more in moto for some reason. But uh, you guys do keep the the, the mood pretty light. Uh, and you, you guys never chase me away when I want to grab yet another coffee from the truck, so I always appreciate that. Um, you and Kenny Adams seem to be two peas in a pod. Like, uh, safe to say, you guys get along, or don't you? Yeah, yeah, we definitely no, we definitely get along. I mean, um, we we kind of plan our weekends together, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Um, basically, uh, it could be around running. You know, maybe it's a good town to run in because yep. Kenny likes to run as well as I. Um, it could be based around a cool restaurant or or a uh, a good bourbon bar, but um, or all three. Yeah, we kind of plan our weekends together for the most part. Um, it's just kind of uh, we're just like those travel buddies, and 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 uh, we have a good time together. And half the time we get together, we jump onto one of our twenty or thirty group text messages, which are just really us being bullies. Yep. <laughs> uh, we like to give people a hard time and, and, and just keep things fun, you know? What are the, some of the things that you give Kenny a hard time about? No, it's me and him ganging up on other people. Oh, wow. You guys are like a, <laughs> you guys are a traveling show. So, like, like uh, um, yeah, like the, the two of you are, quite, are both pretty quick-witted, so that might be uh, an arsenal that I don't, wouldn't want to uh, – to, uh, uh, be caught on the business end of, but, um, so who, who are some of your most, most frequent, uh, targets of your harassment? Definitely. Um, a lot of times it's the gear guys for sure. Max from fly is one of our, one yep. of our uh, closest friends. And, and he gets, he gets, I'd say he gets the majority, but we're, we're working on a program with him. Um, right. And trying, trying to help him out. But, uh, also, uh, definitely Beaker from Fox. <laughs> he doesn't have the thickest skin, but uh, we we still give it to him. Um, I I mean, there's there's several people like from from an industry and in, in uh, other aspects and that we still mess with people that used to work at Rockstar and have it for five years. We we still fired up every now and again if we're on on a roll. So um, 
<laughs> it's just fun. I mean, and, and it's not fun to be a bully unless people react. It's the same thing as, as when you're in, in elementary school or something like that, but people always react and it's a good time. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like you said, keep it lighthearted and, uh, you guys seem to be getting the job done of, of, at least in the 450 class. That is, um, Dean Wilson's had his, his, uh, injuries and dealing with that. That's something that's kind of out of everybody's control, but regardless of that, you guys seem to uh, be, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a really, it's a fun atmosphere. It's a fun truck to be around. You guys have the hospitality truck as well as the race team truck. And uh, I think that that's kind of like other teams certainly do have that. But your, you, your team, uh, the, the, the Rockstar team seems to uh, bring a completely different, uh, like a, kind of an X factor to that. Yeah, it's more of a, more than a hospitality truck. It's more so of a uh, consumer awareness. Um, okay. Kind of setup where people can come and, and actually interact with things and, and, a lot of times the sponsors who have the displays there are there to answer questions or, or show people stuff. So it's, it's more of an interactive thing. Um, and then obviously we have the models over there. And then uh, one thing that's really cool that was at both of the Anaheims was the uh, photo booth setup that Husky had going on there with, um, with, with, uh, with a 21 bike with the factory edition bike. And right. people come in there and then basically they just, they go in front of the camera, they can do a boomerang or, or they can do a, uh, you know, just a normal photo with the bike and, and instantly the, that camera takes a photo and it, and it has, it's cropped with like Rockstar Husqvarna and the race, like kind of bordered and okay. they just type in their phone number or their email and, and then boom, they have the photo it's already produced. So that was actually one of the coolest, coolest things for sure. Anyone could come in and be stupid or come in 10 times. I mean, I know we did it a bunch of times. Yeah, like I, I, I actually saw that there was a lineup of about thirty people waiting for you to get out of the way to so that they could have their experience because you and Kenny were just in there for about an hour. No, that's not true. Actually, I got drug in there once. <laughs> Kenny and I were in there a couple minutes the first day, but the funny thing is, the at Anaheim one they were just kind of doing it, and then at Anaheim two we actually positioned two girls with the bike and had the other girls um, over on the side directing people, and they said they did. Can't remember what it was, but the number was astronomical. That's from cool. A1 to A2, how many people took photos? <laughs> so, so, you know what? They, they did a good job. No kidding. They obviously brought people in, and they, yep. and they definitely uh, they, they made, I don't know, like an attraction. So, um, obviously, this particular year, you are most focused on the Husqvarna side of things. It's a global partnership between Husqvarna and uh, and and Rockstar Energy Drink. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit, as much as you can, about that, uh, that relationship, how it's been cultivated, and uh, also if you wanted to touch on um, the, like, basically the, the partnership globally between Monster and, uh, and, and Yamaha, which is also global, and that's kind of why uh, the Star Racing Yamaha team is no longer a Rockstar team. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it's been about, you know, it's been a while now that we've been partnered globally with Husqvarna, um, in, in every aspect and, and synonymously with the same team name, same graphics, you know, from Dakar to extreme enduro to hard enduro to super like across the board, you know, it's a, it's a global alliance that we always dreamed of and, and, uh, it came to fruition and we both have the same vision and that's to win. And so, uh, just to make that story short, cause I feel like it's been, it's been told, um, 
I don't even know. We may have talked about it on the last podcast, um, but you know, that's, that's something that we've always wanted. And it's, it's an incredible thing to do globally. Um, and then with star, like, I mean, that's, that, they won five championships for us, yeah, which is pretty incredible, you know, in, in a, in a fairly short amount of time, honestly, like you figure if you figure five championships, um, in one class, technically. Yep. Uh, and, and we'll always be friends and, and we'll always have a relationship, but you know, it's not something we never want to, we don't want to hold somebody back, so to speak. So, totally. um, if there's a chance that they could, you know, be better taken care of or, or whatever it is, um, like if it's a global alliance, obviously that's a big deal, you know, to everyone involved. Yeah. Um, just for continuity. It's not someone that I wanted to lose. Yeah, it's not. It's not someone that I ever wanted to lose. Um, riders and team and owner, you know. Um, but we'll always be friends, and it's just business. It's you know, it's just like when someone, you know, gets hurt, and then you bring someone else up. The gear companies have to let them go. The bike companies have to let them go. Foot pet, whatever. You know what I mean? Like when there's an opportunity. To a certain extent, <laughs> you know, like yep. business is still business, and that's business. But to a certain extent, um, it, it just is what it is, and and it's a bummer. But you know, whenever passenger one in Houston, I was pumped. Yeah, totally. I was pumped for him. Like yeah. always, be cool. It is what it is. Yep. Like, uh, I, I do believe that uh, there were some high fives uh, exchanged even with uh, a guy who's got the claw on his jersey. And I think that's uh, that really speaks volumes to the relationship that you guys have. The what jersey? Uh, like, like, even even though uh, Aaron has a claw on the front of his jersey, uh, you were still able to congratulate him. Hand Like, there was uh, uh, fist bumps and high fives all around. And... Um, that just goes to show that like the, the relationship the two of you guys have and the, the, that's been kind of de- developed over the number of years that he's been with Star because he's actually been there. This is, I believe, his fourth year uh, with the team, if I'm not mistaken. So that's pretty cool. Oh, no, no. I gave him a huge hug. I gave him a huge hug. And I told him how awesome that ride was. It was incredible. But I also gave Chase Sexton a, a fist bump, which he's never ridden for us. He's young, but... He, he's a cool kid, and I, he, yep. like he seems like a really nice kid. He talks to me on Instagram comments or whatever, and like I just pumped for that rookie to go out and get a third there. And he got on the podium there, a legitimate podium. I thought that was rad. I mean, more so I guess because he talked to me too. But like, I I just thought it was cool. <laughs> I, totally. I I don't know. I just it's motocross, it's dirt bike racing, and as far as I knew, ever knew growing up, everyone was in the same family. I mean, you definitely race dudes and some dudes harder than others and clean up but in the end you're all still a family so whatever i was pumped for the kid for sure no doubt so what what would you say is on the horizon for rockstar energy drink uh what are some of the things that uh, you guys are getting ready to uncork or what are some of the things that uh that you're doing new that's like doing new now that people might not know about um well you know i'm just kind of focused right now on championships yeah that's what that's what we're on we're, we're three rounds in and and jason's leading the points and i feel like zach's the favorite and in the east and um i just want to win and keep winning yep and, 
and never stop winning. Honestly, I, I could. I mean, if Jason won every race for the rest of my life, as boring as it has always been when other people did it, I'd, I'd be cool. <laughs> you know, like Dean went off and went one seven zero. I'll be fun. Fair enough. You're sounding a little bit robotic, so <laughs> you're in a better spot now. You just sounded like a bit of a robot for a second there. But uh, um, no, I, I, I think you're totally right. And um, I, I told this like like straight up to uh, to Jason. Um, and I, I obviously we're there in the middle of the season. He's not uh, taking down too many cold ones uh, right around now. But uh, Jason Anderson and honestly Dean Wilson uh, as well seem like the kind of guys that. Um, like he's they're, they're the kind of guys that you'd want to go have a beer with, and that's not always something you've ever been able to say about uh, a professional motocross racer. And I think that kind of speaks volumes to how they relate to the fans. Um, yeah, they're definitely fan favorites, and they're definitely guys that that you would you would say you want to go have a beer with. Um, but but uh, by all means, it's always it's only at the right time. You know, like yeah, they're just as focused and and, and uh, disciplined as everyone else. But everyone oh, has yeah. a beer here, here and there, and uh, those are definitely two of the guys that I have done it with, mm-hmm. and for sure two of my favorites that I've ever done it with. For sure, like uh, the, you don't get to the level they're at without putting in the work. Uh, there's literally there's there's no way around it, and, and those guys certainly don't uh, um, like they haven't found that that magic elixir that that, that makes uh, hard work uh, avoidable in any side of in in any sort of way. But uh, for for a guy like Jason and the guy like Dean to really relate to those fans and and seems like they everyone seems to pull them in. That's got to be for make your job a whole lot easier, especially with the fact that uh, like you're um, you're hoping that these guys can get eyeballs on them and, and they can they can feel um, like there's there's a real relationship there and uh, those guys make it pretty easy. Well, I'm absolutely from a corporate standpoint. Um you want marketable personalities and, and people that draw fans in and, and all of that, um, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely, and actually in Zach too, um, they're all very, they're very popular because of their personalities. You know, yeah. they're, it, they're, they're completely different. Maybe not being in Jason, but to Zach, you know, like they're, they're, they're different, but they're the same. And it's, uh, it's cool to have, guys that are that good and that disciplined and that funny <laughs> yeah the same intent. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good time and, and sometimes we just laugh for for an hour straight and then it's like oh you know we should probably go ride our dirt bikes now there you go we'll go ride your dirt bikes have some fun while you're doing it um so um the the one guy we haven't really mentioned is uh, Mitchell Harrison, and uh, of course there's a uh, Josh Mosman on top of that, uh, who's, uh, who's 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 fast in Mike, his own right. Michael Mosman, Michael Mosman r- rather the the, the, yeah. the brothers. I often do get them f- uh, mixed up, uh, off, mostly because they do both ride uh, huskies for the most part. But uh, Michael and uh, and Mitchell, sorry. They have the same last name too. They do actually. Uh, I believe they're even uh, related <laughs> in some way. Uh, but uh, those two, like they, they, they seem to be flying under the radar lately. Why is that? Uh, well, Michael hasn't raced yet. That's um, he one of the reasons. Yes, he has to yes. Uh, do crafting at his point, so he, he's in the East Coast. Um, Mitchell got cleaned out in the first race and and uh, has been dealing with an arm issue, um, which was getting a lot better. 
last week and he had a big crash in practice. Ooh. Um, he, he but, got uh, a tough block on him, right? You know, I didn't, I didn't really see the whole crash. I just saw the end and I, I <laughs> it was like, I, I feel like I saw him land just his body hit the ground. Yeah. Um, and he laid there for quite a while before he got up and actually tried to put in another lap um, in the last one minute and 15 seconds, which is, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's worth a shot. Uh, I feel like maybe the wind was knocked out of him or something. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I, I don't think it really set him back too far. So he's got, um, he's got high hopes for this weekend in, in Arizona to be, to be better than he has been all year and, um, and uh, put in his best finish. There you go. You always want to have that, uh, like, bettering yourself each weekend. But, yeah, obviously, if he's dealing with some injuries, that would be why we haven't seen him uh, showcase the kind of speed that he showed last year. Um, And uh, as far as, um, like, the... A kid like Michael uh, hasn't raced Supercross full-time yet. Uh, have you seen him at the practice track Never. at all? Uh, have you seen him? Like, what, what were some of the feedback that you got while he was doing the uh, the Road to Supercross? Um, I mean, that's Arena Cross. It's a different story. But obviously, right. he's been riding Supercross at the test track, but yep. he has never raced the Supercross yet. So, um, uh, is Arlington the first East Coast, or is that still West? That's that's no, west, Ar- right? Arling- no, Arlington is the first, uh, even though it is more further oh, west. Oh, that's the irony. Yes. Yeah, Houston was, was west and Arlington is the first east. Um, yeah, so that'll be his first race. We've yet to see him race the Supercross, but I've, uh, I've known him since he was a little kid. He rode for us a lot when he was an amateur, and, and yeah. um, he's always kind of got that, like, style and speed that was more more like more fitting to the pro level than even the amateurs, which is kind of funny. And, and there's a few guys like that in, in history that, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's smoother than he should be for his age. Like most of those kids are just like wide open all over the place. And you clean things up when they get to the pros, whereas he's already cleaned up. You almost have to get him a little bit more wild. Yeah. But the irony is like, so he maybe go get a third at an amateur national, but then he goes to his first outdoor national or, or second and he gets eight or six. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's that it, it's that weird. It doesn't it doesn't translate directly. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to to see how he uh, he deals with Supercross. He's he's a smart kid. Um, I feel like he's very analytical. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that could that could translate to Supercross as well. So so we'll see. You you never know 100 percent with rookies, but um, I think I think he'll do all right. And and, and I'm excited to uh, to see it go down. For sure, no, a lot, lots of uh, anticipation on that side of things for the the Supercross series. Uh, before I let you go, I, I want to let you know that the hat that I'm wearing right now says "Dirt Bikes for President," and you probably know why. Have you bought it? Yes, I did buy it, and, that, okay. and that's your your company. That's your uh, clothing brand, your clothing line. Uh, tell me why you, you you think that dirt bikes should be president. Well, first, are you staying with me this weekend? Yes. <laughs> I'll bring you a beanie. Um, Perfect. Well, do I go over the whole deal why it started? Uh, well, uh, people probably, I don't know if they listened to the last podcast, so you might have to uh, to give a little refresher. I don't, even know, I don't even know if it existed during the last podcast. No, we, we've done one with uh, the Joes. Sure. Yeah, we've definitely done one that uh, covered... Um, 
Dirt Bikes for President. I think I literally just called you up the one time, and it was kind of an impromptu. Oh, I don't even remember that one. Um, Perfect. So, basically, how it started was uh, just people arguing on Facebook back and forth, and, and then I would... It was, it was, it's so dumb. People argue about the dumbest things. And then, so I would just, if there were people I knew, I would jump on there and I would just comment and say, dirt bikes are cool. Yeah. And then people were like, oh yeah. And then people, you know, the election started coming around and people were arguing about politics and like, there's just, uh, there's so much ignorance. Right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And then I started saying dirt bikes are president and then yeah. everybody would buy. I would, I then would I made vote a for dirt time. bikes over any of the candidates basically. Right. So, so really, it just started to me as like diffusing like the annoyance of mm-hmm. people arguing, like, and, and frequently you get two ignorant people arguing about something ignorant, and it's just unbelievable. And at first, it's funny to read, but then it's just like, God, what, how you, how do you continue to carry on like this? So, then it became a hashtag. It simply started as a hashtag, and that's why it still has a hashtag. Um, right. And then other people started hashtagging it. So then I made a video. And then I messed around with the USPTO and I got a trademark and I was like, well, I might as well start making stuff. And, uh, (laughs) so then I just started making stuff. I don't try very hard to sell it. I mean, uh, I would sell more if people bought it, but I don't really post about the products that much. I just, I'm letting it kind of do its own thing and and grow how it is. It's just kind of, it's kind of fun. Like Brad Stewart, for example, is a guy that I work with. He moved out here to North Carolina and, and, uh, He's the main guy, so to speak, because, um, I mean, I, I just help him, yeah. help him train, do whatever. I, and, you know, like, I give people beanies. <laughs> like like um, me. So Bryce is awesome, and, and it's cool because he's got listed as one of the main sponsors. And so they announced it at Supercross. If there's 60,000 people to Supercross, they'll have to hear it, which is pretty cool. That is pretty um, cool. And then... Logan Best is a 65 and 85 rider that, that used to train at Jimmy's and, right. and, uh, really like all I've done for anyone is kind of give them advice yep. and help them out or be their friend. <laughs> you know? I'm like, that's true. You do do that. People think it's cool. That's cool. So really that's like, I haven't contributed much, anything further than that. Um, Bubba Polly and Michael Caden also, are, they, you know, they run beanies and stuff. Yep. Um, they, they got a little bit of program going this year, which is pretty cool. Yes. So it's it's funny, like people will just buy it because they think it's cool, and uh, I haven't really tried that hard. I mean, I built a website, which is an online store, and uh, the the social has grown pretty rapidly in the first year. Yep. Um, so I have my entire career to attribute to that because I always want the extra mile. So I learned everything that there was to do for everything. So I do everything myself, the photos, the videos, the website, everything. So right. that's pretty cool. And I have complete control. Um, and, and that's fun. Yeah. Whether it sure. does anything or not, or if, if in the end, like I just have money and I'm put wasting it on it, but yep. it's still fun. That's hey. cool for me because it's just about riding dirt bikes with your buddies and having a good time. Absolutely. If you can, if there's a few people that you see out there enjoying the hats, enjoying the the beanies, enjoying the socks, uh, and they've got a smile on their face because of it, uh, I think that's more than well worth it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they get it. They get it. It's just about positivity. 
Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on Friday. Uh, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to throw it to commercial right now and come back with Lee Ramage of the Forearm Strong. Forearm Strong. That's right. Uh, we'll be right back. Thanks. Hey, Big MX listeners, I've got a special offer for you. If you want a Dirt Bike for President ball cap, all you've got to do is email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com, with a quick description on how uh, Dirt Bikes for President got started, and uh, and you'll be entered to win a Dirt Bikes for President ball cap. And uh, first person to email me at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com with a quick description, like I said, of how Dirt Bikes for President got started, you win the hat. So good luck. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Flyracing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at flyracing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Knapp, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as the Collective EX on Instagram is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have death-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent 
through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, the Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus design team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. Hey, Big MX listeners, just wanted to take a moment to uh, let you guys know about Viral Brand and Viral Brand Goggles. Uh, Viral Brand Goggles are a relatively new company, and we've been working with them for about a year now, and uh, they've got some really cool things going on, which include uh, not only when you buy a pair of goggles, you will not only get a goggle bag, which of course you get with most goggle bags, but uh, with most goggles rather, but uh, you'll also get tear-offs, you get a 10-pack of tear-offs, and you also get an extra clear lens to go along with your mirrored lens than uh, the tinted lens that the goggles come with. Uh, so it's kind of a more, of a more of a package than it is just a set of goggles, which if you're going to buy goggles, you're going to need an extra lens, you're going to need tear-offs. So they take care of all that stuff for you, and uh, $74.99 US is uh, an easy asking price. They've also got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If uh, their best fit challenge, if your goggles don't fit your helmet within the first 30 days, get them back to Viral, for uh, and, and they'll take care of you, no questions asked. Uh, so check out the theviralbrand.com today and uh, and and see what the kind of products and the uh, the accessories that they've got. I love the goggles myself and uh, can't wait to see you guys enjoying them as well. Take care. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF. Uh, with us on the line now is Lee Ramage from Forearm Strong. Lee, how are you this evening? Doing great. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. I really appreciate you making some time for me. Now, Lee, uh, a lot of people know you from Forearm Strong. They've seen you at the races. They've seen the demonstration of the Forearm Strong device. But uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, you've been a part of the community in motocross, especially in SoCal, for a long period of time. If you could give us uh, the, the Coles notes of uh, kind of like your history within the sport because uh, it's, it's a long one. Yeah. So thanks a lot. Glad to be on. Um, I've uh, been in the motocross industry since the mid-1970s. So that dates me just a little bit. Um, I started out as a racer, um, had a pretty good, uh, pretty good career going and as a professional motocross racer, rode for uh, Yamaha Pro Support in 1981. Um, had some pretty good guys on that team like uh, Rick Johnson and uh, AJ Whiting and Tim Losey and a few other guys. And um, so I know the sport really well. I've suffered with arm pump. I understand what it is. Uh, used to get it myself and, um, had an injury in 1981 that, that halfway through the season, uh, that, that kind of put me on hold for a couple of years and it made a couple of comebacks here and there in the, in, up until the mid eighties, but then it just turned into fun. So, um, just been, uh, just been, uh, just was, you know, I've been riding on and off ever since and you know, it's a little harder to get out there and and um uh, uh do any hard motos and not feel it the next day so i yes. have to work too hard to to get uh, to get too much in as you know but um still can still can go pretty good on a bike and um 
but uh, yeah, I've been a therapist in the motocross world now. I, it's actually been um, uh, a few years, and have uh, I started out uh, before Four Armstrong treating people as an active release technique certified therapist, uh, and. I did some therapy went on with Kenny and and uh, a few years ago when he first started writing for KTM I'm I'm pretty close with uh, uh, the the Costers and they referred me to him and I had a chance to work on him for for a little while great great guy he was he was young uh, much younger at the time and and I've had a chance to see him grow uh, grow real well haven't haven't had a chance to do any therapy on him for many years but um, but he was a guy and and I don't know if uh, uh, I mentioned others but uh spent some time with uh you know jason anderson and i was uh zach osborne uh on the race on the race circuit during supercross and outdoors so yeah so i've done a lot of therapy as well and um was able to uh, uh use those use those skills to to uh create the forearm strong and uh let people do a lot of their own treatments well, for sure. Like one of the things that seems to be uh, more prevalent in the sport now than ever, or obviously it was probably something that even back in your day, is the travel side of things and uh, the the amount of care that the the motorcycles need is very much equal to, or if probably not uh, like uh, superior to, the amount of therapy and the attention that these peop- the the riders' bodies need to have, and uh, the. Not every racer can travel with uh, with uh, someone that can take care of them. As far as a therapist, someone who uh, a phys- physical therapist, like there's there's guys that are at the track that uh, like the uh, the Alpine Stars mobile medical unit that uh, that does help with certain things. But um, like you guys, you can't be everywhere all the time working with all your athletes all the time. So uh, if they could have something that's with them that they can do some rehabilitation with, or they can do an exercise with, or a stretch with, uh, that's a huge uh, feather in their cap. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, treating you know, people, people that aren't in the motocross world might not realize how, uh, how much forearms need, uh, need uh, soft tissue work. And they need, uh, they need constant stretching and co- constant, uh, co- constant work. And uh, definitely, um, uh, you can't be all, every, all places at once. That, that was the problem that I was actually having at the beginning uh, when I was treating forearms and specifically forearm pump is we were finding out that, uh, uh, my treatments were working best the day I treated them. So, uh, that'd be great for the week during practice, but if I wasn't going to the races with them, then they would, uh, you know, I treat them on a Thursday and they'd travel on a Friday and they'd race supercross or an outdoor on Saturday. And they'd come back and say, yeah, I was better, but not nearly as good as the day you treated me. So that was one of the, one of the, that went off in my head. Hey, I gotta. I can't go to every race with these guys. One, um, I need to duplicate myself. And the only logical way was to create a device that put the same pressure on their arms as my thumb did. So that's where the forearm strong was born. And there it is. Yeah, absolutely. And this thing is uh, has kind of uh, it's got it's come under some uh, some scrutiny over the years. It's definitely had some some star studded. Uh, um, um, endorsers over the years and I, it's it's funny to me how the the everyman uh lee seems to uh kind of bag on a product that the uh that the top guys seem to swear by uh why is that the case well you know i think it's nature you know and and honestly i don't blame people for being skeptical at first because so many witch doctors and snake oil salesmen came before me 
Yeah. And hey, here's the cure for arm pump. It's it's like an age old problem, and here's what you can do to fix it. Nothing worked. I mean, you know, maybe there was a placebo here or placebo there or whatever it was, and maybe somebody got some help, but nothing really worked. So I don't blame people for being skeptical. But if once people talk to me about it, then they realize it's just really a simple problem to explain and it's a simple problem to solve it's not as hard as people think it is and what what i always explain to people is quit calling it arm pump because that's where it starts to get confusing because what the heck is arm pump it's muscle pump it's just the same feeling we get when we go to the gym and work out and our legs feel bigger or our chest feels bigger because we did the bench press or we rode we rode the bike it's just muscle pump in the forearms so it's really a common problem that people have in a lot of different sports in a lot of different parts of their body yeah like hockey players uh, are let their legs are screaming all the time right right and uh, people that do crossfit that do box jumps all day their calves are screaming and because pumped up such um, blood that's drawn to these muscles that are requiring the energy. They're requiring the oxygen. In fact, what's really interesting about arm pump is that excess blood, it's needed. We have to have it. If that blood didn't flow to our forearms, our forearms would die in the, during a motocross race because um, we need that blood to bring oxygen and nutrients and, and stem cells to the area so that uh, it can have for the energy, for the, the, uh, uh, for the strength and the endurance is totally necessary. But what, what, what we need to do is we need to create more space for that blood. That's what I do. I was doing it with my thumbs before I ever thought of the forearm strong. I was just creating a fascial release by stretching against the resistance of my thumbs. And that was aggressive enough to create space. So when the blood flowed in, there wouldn't be as much constriction or none at all. So there, you know, if you simplify the forearm strong and you start and you listen to people that understand, um, it's really something you shouldn't be skeptical about. It's pretty simple. For sure. And how, how does this end up in the hands of an Alden Baker or uh, uh, I guess you, you'd mentioned that you're friends with uh, the DeCosters. Um, is, is that kind of like you're, you're in as far as uh, getting the, 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 the device in the right hands to basically uh, get it in, in the type of uh, scenario where someone who is at, at the high, high, prof, high profile enough um, – to, to endorse something like that can really make some noise because uh, like weekend warriors getting their arm pump uh, alleviated uh, is, is one thing, but to do so for uh, a world champion is another. Yeah. Um, so no, my relationship with the DeCosters is a friendship and um, um, I met them actually not even through motocross. I was their son's uh, therapist through tennis. Um, our, both our kids played college tennis and junior tennis, and I met them. I met them through that, even though, of course, I knew who he was. And yeah. there's not very many motocross racers of that era. I don't know personally from motocross, but Roger wasn't one of them. Um, and I know him well now, of course. Uh, uh, but Alden, um, I was I was treating Alden's uh, riders uh, as a therapist. Okay. Uh, before I ever thought of the four Armstrong, I was treating uh, Jake Weimer. I was treating Tyler Rattray. Um, Ryan Villapoto a couple times. So Alden had me working on his guys doing active release just for their health. And so when I invented the forearm strong, I took the prototype to Alden and I said, Hey, um, I'd like you to test this because this will, you'll be the reason I go to market or don't go to market. So give me your, you know, you're, you're the top of the food chain in this world. Right. Give me your yes or no. And uh, what's interesting about the forearm strong is 
when I first showed it to him, he goes, Hey mate, what's it do? And I said, well, it, it should relieve people of arm pump if it's what I think it is. Cause I was doing the same thing with my thumbs with success. And he said, well, listen, none of my guys get arm pump. I, I'm not interested. And that kind of took the wind out of my sails. Cause I thought for sure he would test it for me. And so I, I also have done some really successful grip strength tests with it where some before and afters where, um, you know, you would measure your grip strength and then do the stretches and your grip strength increases just about every single t- person I've tested, like 20, 30%, even okay. up to 40% stronger. Wow. And so I said, well, but I said, well, Alan, it, it also increases grip strength without strength training. And that made his eyeballs bug out of his head. He goes, I've been trying to figure that out for 10 years. You're kidding me. I said, do the test yourself. And so that's what he tested it for. That's what interested him because he believes that, of course, we don't ride, we don't use our grip strength when we ride, we ride loose, but there are very, there are times when we need grip strength. And if you can increase your grip strength, you're going to increase the function of your hands and your arms anyway, but you, but you would never do it through exercise because if you do it through exercise, you make your forearms bigger and then you're going to get arm pump worse. So he's always avoided that in his training, but if he if he could increase grip strength without exercise, that was a big thing to him. And that's exactly what he did. So he tested it for a couple months. He bought a device. And he, there's a video out there that we've done that shows him, you know, explaining how the device is evidence that this thing increases grip strength. Just do the before and after. And um, that's how I got on the road. So he, uh, you know, next thing you know, all his guys are using it. And we went into production. I wasn't going to go into production without his endorsement. I just just wasn't sure myself, you know, if this was really going to be the answer, but he tested it thoroughly for a few months and came back, said, this thing's awesome. My riders feel better on the bike, you know, guys that, that when they do get a little tight, it's helping. And, uh, and then we moved on from there. Well, I'm going to have to get my hands on one at some point because a, uh, I'm a bricklayer and I've got probably the biggest forearms in the pits other than that one security guard that works for failed that looks like he wants to break me in half. Um, and, and, uh, and the fact that, uh, I suffer from chronic arm pump. I, I, today, I think I rode maybe the longest time I, uh, the session I rode was about 15 minutes. And I think I'm being uh, generous in terms of, uh, my, my time on the motorcycle today. And it just, I can't hold on any longer and I have to pull off the track um, because I, like, if I'm feeling uncomfortable or if I'm feeling uh, like it's uh, if I'm going to have an injury or if I, if I'm going to have a crash, I might get injured and I can't, I can't get injured, man. I, I, I'm down here from Canada. I don't want to uh, get in a situation where I need to be, I'm, I'm in a hospital when I'm supposed to be interviewing Lee Ramage. So, um, <laughs> if, if I, if I had a device that would allow me to enjoy my motorcycle a little bit more, um, to be honest, I'd pay ham- handsomely for it. Well, are you going to be in Phoenix this weekend? Of course. Okay, well then I'll see you there, and you'll get one. And uh, okay. and and honestly, you you see, you're you've got the bigger the forearms usually is is usually the bigger the problem with with arm pump because remember it's just for, arm arm pump is a is a is a space problem. If you've got big forearm muscles, that that just takes up space in that forearm compartment. So when the blood flows in, it's already being taken up by space because the muscles are big. So we, you don't want big forearms. Big forearms for motocross is a disaster. That's why when you train uh, to be for a motocross racer, when you resistance train and you want to get in better shape, you've got you to not grip anything like you grip a motorcycle grip. You want to have your thumb on the side of your hand. You want to row 
with a, in a cupping position, do pull-ups that way, anything you can do to not load those forearm muscles and, and, and activate them. So uh, big people with bigger forearms have uh, less space in their compartment, forearm compartment. Okay. So that's where it's even harder for the forearm strong to work if people are working against it. So if, in other words, if someone's, you know, doing wrist curls or that, that, that remember, remember back in the day when people would actually tie a rope to a dowel and they would twist yeah. a, a, a weight yeah. Oh, for Stuff sure. like I think that. That's, this, that's, I think that's still encouraged in hockey. Death for arm pump. Yeah, yeah, it's death for arm pump. It's going to cause more arm pump than than anything. So you need to you need to avoid things that make your forearms bigger. And you you lay bricks. You have to grab a brick with your fingers and your thumb. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, you know, that's going to build your forearms. So it's, for you're, sure. you're working against yourself for motocross, but you got, but, but, but you don't make a living racing motocross, right? So you got to go, you got to go do what you do. So exactly. Well, uh, if I can do anything to kind of, uh, uh, like maybe undo slightly the damage that I do do, uh, maybe, uh, um, maybe, maybe I can be on the motorcycle a little bit longer than I currently am. And yeah, the, the trowel I use is uh, about 12 inches long and carries a lot of mud. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's some serious forearms going on, on this side of the conversation enough about my particular forearms. Um, but, uh, <laughs> where, where can people find out more information on it? Where can people see a demonstration on how to use it properly? Because I think there's a lot of times when people get this thing, uh, in their, their possession, they, they don't know how to properly use it or how, like, what is the proper usage? Well, um, it's there, you know, of course the website has all the information and there's a instructional video that Alden Baker is, you know, done for me for that's that, that demonstrates the forearm strong. Um, it's very simple. You just strap it on your arm and you tighten the, the, you tighten the contact down, uh, which is, you know, simulating my thumb, uh, on your forearm and then you stretch against that, against that resistance. And, um, so you, it's a, it's a daily use. It's a, it should be, if you do stretching daily, it's just no different. You gotta, you gotta use it every day. Um, you have to, uh, uh, you know, the best time to use it is right before you ride. But if you're not riding one day, you should just use it watching TV or definitely use it before you do go to the gym and train up a body. But uh, it's definitely something you should use as much as you can on a daily basis. I mean, people do forget. So if they can get four or five days a weekend, that's gonna, you're going to get the best results. For sure. You want to use this on a regular basis. Is there a certain amount of time prior to um, the, the exercise, whether if I'm, if I'm working upper body, do I need to do it five minutes prior to, 15 minutes prior to? Uh, when is it, when is the, or is it, do you do it after? What, what's the best application? Yeah, I'm not big on the recovery side of it. Um, people are using it for recovery. I've got a couple big-time rock climbers that really love it for recovery, and that's great. You know, I've always said from the beginning, people are going to figure out ways to really adapt this to themselves, and they're going to use it differently, and they're going to like it, and that's fine. Uh, but I like to use it before uh, activities, and I like to I like to use it like within four or five minutes before you ride. Like it should be the last thing you do before you jump on your bike and go, or the last thing you do before you walk in the gym. Um, uh, that's just how the testing's been. But if you do use it every day, you should be keeping that a compartment expanded, and uh, uh, and so you it it shouldn't be as important. But um, but I still like to use it as close to riding as possible. Sure. Well, that's handy information right there. Um, 
Last time we talked uh, in person, well, actually, the second last time we talked, first time we, we talked in person was in Colorado last year, uh, we t- and you, you told me a story of uh, one of your athletes, Ryan Dungey, who absolutely uh, needed to have his forearm strong, and uh, I think it either got misplaced or it got moved, and uh, and it was he was in a mad panic to, to get that taken care of. If you could probably recount that story a little better than I just did, because uh, I was pretty impressed with that, the fact that, uh, that one of your uh, your star riders uh who like a lot of these a lot of the um uh fans and whatnot they they see a lot of these guys endorsing a product they, they don't they're not confident that they actually use that particular product uh as 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 much as they say they do uh but this was one of those times where it really drove that home yeah and that's a that's gonna that's a kind of a good that'll be a good explanation of uh of uh, my relationship with roger um, because you asked if that was how, you know, if that he helped me, you know, move into this world so rapidly and, and, and you'll hear now that he actually was not the reason and, and no, nothing, nothing against that because Alden has been a great advocate and, and probably as good advocate as you can get. But, uh, Roger's old school, um, very skeptical and, ha- and, de- and at the beginning wasn't buying into the forearm strong at all. And, um, I had actually called Karina who I'm actually, I'm actually better friends with his wife than I am Roger. And I called Karina and I said, Hey, could you get Roger to do a little shout out for me about the forearm song? This was two years ago when I was just starting. And she's like, uh, you know, Lee, he'd help you with anything. And you know that, um, but he won't, he probably wouldn't give you a shout out about the forearm strong. I said, well, why is that? And he goes, well, he didn't think it works. And I said, well, why does he not think it works? He, I said, all his writers use it. I mean, Marvin uses it, uh, uh, Dungey uses it, and a couple other guys that, you know, on the other, you know, uh, 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 smaller teams. And he said, no, nah, he, he thinks, he, he, Roger, he, Karina says, Roger thinks that they're only promoting it because of Alden. He's training them, and they're doing, he's doing it, they're, do, he, they're doing it for a favor. And I thought to myself, well, that hurts my feelings, and I don't want them to do that because it's not going to do me any good if these guys aren't really using it because I didn't know. I really didn't know if they were using it or not. And uh, um, I thought I was going to – I thought, you know what, I'm going to call Alden and say, hey, look, if your guys aren't using it, don't tell them not to talk about it anymore because that's not going to do me any good. Someday they'll find, people will find out they're not using it, and it's not going to – you know, I'm not going to sell any anyway. There you go. And, but I didn't. I didn't call, I didn't call him. And I just let it go. I just let it roll off the back of my neck. And I thought, no, I'm just not going to do it. Well, a couple of weeks later, I'm in Santa Clara for the Supercross and Alden's not there. And, uh, it's probably an hour, half hour before the main. And I'm actually walking over to Ken Roxon's pit because I, I had an upgraded version from what he was using and asked him if he wanted it. And he goes, yeah, bring it over to my, bring it over and give it to me. And I only had one left because I had brought five and a few guys had asked and uh um and i was giving them out to the top riders back then because i was just starting and um uh alden texted me and said hey mate are you in santa clara and i said yeah and he said do you have a forearm strong i said yeah i have one left he goes can you bring it to ryan someone took his out of the rig and he doesn't want to ride. He doesn't want to ride this track without it the track's really bothering him it was really rocky and dry and i said yeah great i will and as i'm walking over there i'm thinking great now i know he uses it and uh so i get i get about almost to his bus and his dad um troy sees me and runs over to me and says thank you so much ryan been searching for this thing he definitely wants to use it for this track and 
and uh, someone took his out of the rig, and I didn't, sh- I, I didn't actually shut the door uh, for two seconds. And and Dave Arnold, who was uh, helping out with Rockstar back then, uh, was standing there, and he looks at me and he says, "Has Jason Anderson fa- found you?" And I said, "No, why?" He goes, "Someone took his four Armstrong out of the rig, and he doesn't want to ride without it." And there were just two in a row. So somebody was actually going through the rigs and stealing things that night, which isn't uncommon, by the way. That's why you see security guards out there all the time. All the time. And, uh, and, uh, um, uh, and that's what happened. And that really, you know, again, I, I kind of was deflated because I was so positive this thing was going to, you know, go to the moon. And then I, I hear that from Roger that he didn't think anyone was using it. And, uh, um, and he's one of my very closest friends. So it was, you know, I, I, I didn't want to hear that, but, uh, you know, reality is reality, but, uh, Anyway, that's the funny story behind uh, knowing for sure that these guys would not only use them, they didn't want to ride without them. And, uh, you know, now two years, yeah, it's huge. And now two years later, you know, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the rockstar rig all the time. I was Zach's therapist last year. These guys, I watched them use it. I mean, they, they're, they argue over it. If there's only one, I mean, they, uh, they all use it. I can, you know, I've got a pretty big list of riders, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, use, use the device out there. And, you know, typically we're, you know, my guys are first, second, and third in these races. Uh, so it's, and, and, you know, 10 of the top 20. I mean, there's lots of guys that are using them and, and really, really liking them, and, and I hear from them. So it's definitely definitely taken off and definitely not been a fad or, uh, you know, something that was just going to be here today and gone tomorrow. Well, fair enough. Now, uh, where do people find out more information? Where do people uh, go and purchase one? And, um, yeah, so let's get some uh, some Forearm Strongs in the hands of Big MX listeners. Yeah, so uh, www.number4arm-strong.com. So Forearm is, is a play on words. We use the number four, then A-R-M, but it is one word. Right. And then there's a hyphen, and then there's the strong.com. That's it. Yes, so that, well, you can go there, and then Rocky Mountain uh, ATV MC sells them. Um, we are getting uh, set up uh, pretty rapidly with some other uh, online distributors, too, by the way. I think, uh, I think uh, uh, BTO has them. I think Motorsport's going to be having them soon. Um, yeah, they're, we're starting to get it, you know, they're starting to actually, um, get it or they're starting to attract to the product. And, uh, but for sure you could get it on my website on Rocky mountains and on BTO. Those are the three places you could go. Well, there you go. I, I do hope that people take you up on that. I think that this is a, a product that can allow more people to enjoy their motorcycles more. Uh, they, they can they can spend more time at the track, and they can get more out of each each and every ride day. And and if and if one person comes onto this podcast, listens to it, and uh, and and finds themselves being able to to ride more often or ride longer, then this half hour was well worth it. And I really appreciate you giving me the time today, man. My pleasure. Would you be? Uh, would you want your listener? You want to give your listeners a, a, a discount coupon so they could uh, get a little deal on it. It's uh, it's one hundred and twenty nine ninety five, and I'm happy to help them. Absolutely. Uh, what, what 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 can we uh, what can we do for the Big MX listener? So go ahead and use the discount uh, coupon code forearm number four arm twenty, and that's one word, and that'll get them twenty percent off. Um, and uh, get it close to a hundred bucks. Wow! There you go. Twenty percent off uh, of this product that uh, will allow you to, in my opinion, uh, really like like. 
allow you to ride the motorcycle that much longer and get more out of your each one of your ride days. And I think that's really important to me that people can enjoy their motorcycles uh, at the to the fullest. And uh, Lee, you're you're helping people do that, and that's uh, important to me. Hey, it's uh, uh, it's been a passion of mine from the beginning of this sport to either be good at it or to be helping other people's up other people be good at it. Uh, so I appreciate you recognizing that. Awesome, man. Well, that's a that's a, a noble cause uh, in and of itself. I really appreciate you giving me the time, my friend. Forearm Strong is the website for, for those to to go to and uh, and shop. Get put in that discount code. Get yourself get yourself a forearm strong. Get your forearms. Uh, sort it out and uh, and go ride your motorcycle longer than ever before lee ramage it's been a pleasure to have you on the show anytime thank you so much brad hey big mx listeners i wanted to give you guys a uh, kind of my take on the hey big mx listeners I wanted to take a quick moment to kind of give you my take on the current point standings of the top five in both classes, the 250 West and the 450 classes. Starting with the 250 West, I wanted to make mention that obviously now we have two red plates, the the, the 28 and the 17, Joey Savacci and Shane McElrath will be uh, sporting the, the red plates this weekend in Phoenix. Really excited about that. They're tied at 68 points. Only two points adrift, though, is uh, is, is Aaron Plessinger, who, uh, if, if things continue to be similar as they were for Phoenix last year, it was pretty soft, and, and they did have a sand section there, which I think we're going to see back again. So uh, Aaron Plessinger definitely th- thrived in those conditions, and I, I expect him to have a better weekend than he had uh, the, the weekend prior. Christian Craig, uh, almost uh, over 10, just 11 points back of first place. Uh, he's had a pretty quiet and injury-riddled uh, start to his season, and uh, I think that uh, although the ankle, he says the ankle's 100%, I honestly can probably say that it is it can't be just with uh, the inflammation that he showed in that one in the, the Instagram post. It looked pretty bad. Obviously, there's some therapy that they can do, but uh, a, a 14-day-old uh, sprained ankle is not something to fox with. So uh, I think that uh, Christian Craig will get better throughout the season, but uh, for right now, is doing the best he can, and fourth place in the points is not bad. Adam Cianciarello guaranteed to be the fastest guy not to win a race so far this year in fifth place. Uh, just mental errors after Phoenix. I think he he had mentioned earlier today to me that he didn't do a whole lot of sleeping uh, the night the the week after Phoenix or not Phoenix. Uh Houston, rather, uh, he was really upset about that, and uh, I think you, you you'll see um, a better, more uh, calculated Adam Cianciarillo going forward. Um, Outside the top five, but one guy I have to mention is uh, Justin Hill. Eighth in points and uh, has a serious deficit to make up. I don't think uh, the the championship is anywhere within Justin Hill's grasp, but uh, I, I I do think better days ahead for him. The uh, the, the soil doesn't even seem to be, it uh, doesn't matter what the surface is. The bike clearly wasn't working in, in Houston. It wasn't working in, uh, in Anaheim 1 or 2, um, except for, of course, he threw it on that hot lap at Anaheim 1, but otherwise we haven't seen any flashes of brilliance from Justin Hill. Let's move over to the 450 class. Jason Anderson currently holds a an 11 point lead over Cole Seeley who's sitting in second place in the point standings who's just 2 points ahead of uh of Justin Barsha who is 13 points down. Um the the 450 class has been uh 
pretty exciting all, so far. We've had a different winner just about every single race so far. Uh, and, uh, yeah, actually, we have had a different, and we've also had guys miss a lot of time and miss, miss missing a lot of points. Marvin Moose can, of course, missing a lot of points this last weekend, having to pull out of his moto. And uh, Eli Tomac having to miss the first two main events uh, with injury uh, that he he received. He's received no points for that, I believe. Um, so, like, uh, can Eli Komak come back? Uh, only time will tell. Um, he needs some. He needs some crazy things to happen at the front of the pack before he can even really think about the the championship picture. But I can tell you this much: the guy's gonna be going fast for as long as he can, and and do as well as he can every single weekend. Of course, they all do. Uh, that that that's kind of that's a sort of hashtag analysis. But I think he's gonna seriously be on a mission to put away as many championships as or any championship point standings, uh, points as he can over the next few rounds. Uh, a, a guy that's kind of flown under the radar, even though everyone's been talking about him, uh, could have been an oxymoron there, but uh, Ken Roxon is only 14 points down right now and uh, can seriously look at this championship as a realistic uh, thing. I think uh, Phoenix, uh, in the past, he's done well there. I think that uh, I think we can expect some really good things from Roxon going forward. He's uh, He seems fit. Uh, doesn't still quite seem to be the same Ken that we saw in 2017, but uh, that was a pretty special individual, and maybe he'll get back to that. Uh, one guy that obviously jumps off the page in the top five is Weston Pike. If you had uh, to, uh, after three rounds, uh, if I had to name my top five in points, I probably put, wouldn't have put Weston there. But at the early portion of last year, he had some pretty good ride. So uh, I think that's a, a great step forward for Weston. He's riding really well. The guy looks fit. Uh, he looks like Ivan Drago out there. He's just going to crush people and uh, doing really well. Obviously, uh Justin Brayton has had a good uh, good uh, season so far, currently sitting sixth in points. I think there's a few people uh, behind him in points that you wouldn't have expected that, and uh, they've they're actually quite a few points behind him. Uh, he's almost uh, he's 15 points ahead of uh, of of both Cooper Webb and Brock Tickle, who um, like frankly haven't been able to run with them much at all. So. Um, Really cool to see. Uh, I'm expecting uh, Barsha to continue to uh, to to be his, the Bam Bam sort of way that he's been over the years. He said he wants to get away from that, but of course, then it was uh, plastered all over his helmet, and he decided to uh, smash into his uh, his teammate Cooper Webb a few times at Anaheim too. So I think Bam Bam's here to stay, and he's only 13 points down. Um, Really excited for Phoenix this, this weekend, guys. I'll be driving there on Friday morning and um, be. Please, if you want any photos of any bikes, hit me up in my DMs for uh, for on Instagram, Brad Gephardt eighty uh, eight at on Instagram, and just uh, and, and let me know what you want pictures of. Be specific. Let me know what exactly you want, and I'll try and get those photos because with my photo credential, with my uh, the vest that I have, I can go take photos of pretty much anyone's bike as long as their mechanics not working on it at the time. So hit me up. Use use my uh, my my access to your benefit and do so. Um, as always, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you again soon.